0: 1059 The Region in partnership with Remax Prime Properties present on the Market. Real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059The Region or email us at info at 1059The Region.com.
1: You're listening to 1059 The Region and welcome to On the Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif.
2: Good morning, Tina.
1: Okay, so earlier this week I saw a tweet from you kind of commenting on the groundhog who said it's going to be an early spring. What does that mean in terms of the housing market and what does that mean in terms of pricing? Because I kind of hear it's going a little crazy out there.
2: Oh, Tina, it sure is. And, and what my tweet was referring to was the spring market has already started in real estate. It is so active out there. We don't have the number of listings that we typically would have in a spring market. But now that spring is on the way in, people are getting excited. They're going to start fixing up their homes, fixing up their yards, and start getting their homes ready to hit the market. And, and that's going to be a welcome change.
1: Okay, so you talked a little bit about inventory, and we've talked about inventory for quite some time here on this show. But now the big story is pricing and homes going way over asking, right? It sure is. And, and you know, this is going to be a little bit of a rant, Tina. You know, but um,
2: pricing is key in attaining the goals for your seller, uh, of course. And right now what's happening is you've got some agents saying, let's price it really low and almost create an auction type of feel around your property. Now, what that does, it, it does allow a lot of traffic through because suppose you have a million-dollar home that you're listing and you decide to list it for $799 or $749, you're going to have a lot of eyeballs on this home. People are going to be getting excited. They're going to be thinking, hey, hold on. This is a million-dollar home. I might be able to scoop this for 850 or 900 And you've got all of those people coming in plus the savvy people that know this is a million dollar home and, and you know, they might be able to get it for a million fifty or a million one, but now you create a huge bidding war. And by that, I mean, you've heard the stories about people having 40, 50, 60, 70 offers on homes. There was one that had 88 the other day uh, in the GTA. You're starting to get, people get very excited about these prices being so low and, you know, it's setting the wrong expectation. And I think that has to change. We have to start pricing houses back at market value, because realistically, no one's going to take under market value for their homes, especially in this market.
1: But if I'm a a seller, why wouldn't I want to get the most bang for my buck? And why wouldn't I want to sell my home for as much as possible? If the demand is there, why not? What's the problem here?
2: you will, as a seller, you will get uh, proper value for your home. But what it does is it allows emotions to take over from the buyers and people start trying to outdo each other. So, you know, I typically tell my clients that every extra offer that's on a property, you're going to add about ten to $15,000 to the asking price in order to get your property. So if there's 10 offers you're looking at that property selling for maybe a hundred or $150,000 more than asking, and that's how we have to plan you know, our strategy when we're heading into multiple offers. The less offers, obviously, the better for the buyers. What you do when you create a bidding war with a very low price, almost an auction price, now you've got 40, 50 people interested in this property, and now you're starting that bidding off, even though it's at a lower price, People know that they're not going to get that price, uh, you know, that home for $800,000 if it's a million-dollar property. So they're already starting at, say, 9 or nine fifty, getting excited that they might get this home, but it's driving the price up for other buyers, the serious buyers, and they're having to pay it. So there's, there's a bit of a disconnect in terms of what we should price it for to set the proper expectations and, and what people are pricing it for. Now, a lot of sellers dictate the price and they're seeing that their neighbors have listed for a very low price, and they're telling the realtor, no, I want to list it at this price, and that way I want to be able to generate more offers, and I want you to go out and say you got 40 or 50 offers and got $300,000 over asking. But realistically, if they would price it properly, Tina, they may have got ten or fifteen or $20,000 over asking, and that's more realistic of where the market should be.
1: So are you suggesting that the issue lies with the seller then as well as the real estate professionals who are encouraging this kind of behavior?
2: I certainly do. It's the seller that signs off on the listing and the list price, and they have to agree to what the property is being listed for. It's no different than if we were to go in and tell a seller that, hey, we want to price your house at a million dollars, and say, no, I want a million fifty. And so it's the same type of thing, just the opposite, where, What they're saying is, no, I want to price it low and I want to have all these people in, and I want to be able to generate this bidding war and I want to get a lot for the home. And we're going to get into what that means for an appraisal later on, but it doesn't look good when a bank sees a home sell for $300,000 over asking and they have to go in and say, hold on a second, what happened here?
1: And are the banks actually doing that? Are they going in and saying, what happened here? Are they not appraising that home? What happens at that point?
2: That becomes a huge problem. And, and if you remember back in 2017, early 2017, this is what was happening. People were purchasing their homes, and they were paying crazy amounts in multiple offer situations. And then the banks were coming down and saying, hold on, we're not appraising that. You need to make that difference up in cash. So we're going to give you you know, 80% of what we feel the value is, and you're going to have to make up the rest in cash. And we're starting to see that right now, and, and that's a scary aspect for buyers because you're liable to get sued. And it's a scary thing for sellers because if you've already purchased a home and you're counting on your buyer to close on this property that they've paid two or $300,000 more than they should have for, you may not be able to have that deal close in time in order for you to move into your the house that you've purchased. And now you're open to a lawsuit as well. So it could get very tricky. The banks have to realize that you know, pricing has changed, and they can't just go off of December sales or even early January sales. The market changes every day, and the upward pressure on price because of the low supply is just phenomenal right now. And you're seeing prices increase $30,000, $50,000 on a home just in a couple of weeks.
1: So where do we go from here? Prices are increasing. There are multiple offers. There are bidding wars. Where do we go from here?
2: We need more inventory, <laughs> and, and we've talked about this, uh, you know, t- to no end on this show, and And I hope municipalities are listening and, and builders are listening. We need more inventory right now to solve this. This is not uh, an issue that could get solved with increasing taxes or, or making it harder for buyers to purchase. This is an issue that needs to be addressed from ground zero, which is we need more inventory to hit the market, and... You know, right now, people are waiting, and we've got another week or two for the stay-at-home order. When that is lifted, there's going to be a flood of inventory. It's not going to be a flood of inventory that people have been panicking about to say that's going to stall the market or there's going to be a correction. The flood of inventory is actually going to help calm the market down a little bit because the sheer heat of the market right now is causing things to sell for, you know, an extra hundred dollars or $200,000 over market value. But when we have more to buy and buyers have more choice, you're not going to get that anymore.
1: After the break, how do appraisals work? This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market. This is York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties, and he has today's guest, Asif.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Mohit Masan from Affinity Mortgages. Mohit, welcome back to our show.
1: Thank you, Asif. How are you doing?
2: Great. Thank you very much. Mohit, We've uh, we're in the midst of probably one of the hottest markets that I've seen in the last 15 or 16 years. How about for yourself?
3: Oh, of course. Yeah, it's the same. And, uh, you know, the last couple of months have been uh, crazy. There's been a lot of activity out there. There are tons of buyers who want to buy a property. And I'm sure you're seeing the fact that there are more buyers than listings, of course, which is um, causing a lot of multiple bidding.
2: Yeah, and, and getting into those bidding wars, I mean, we're seeing ridiculous prices like 300000 over asking, 250000 over asking, or are 70, 80 offers on some of these properties. Right. How do you navigate these for your clients to say, this is what you're pre-qualified for, this is what you should go up to, and how does that work in terms of bank appraisals? I mean, right now what we're seeing is, Banks are tightening up a little bit because we've seen a couple of properties that haven't appraised.
3: Of course, yes. So, I, I know this problem is rampant out there. I've been fortunate. I haven't had uh, as many instances of my properties not appraising or my buyer's properties not appraising. Uh, but here's how it works. So, the banks look at the purchase price or the appraised value and they lend on whichever is lower. So if the appraisal comes in short, then unfortunately the buyer will have to come up with a difference. Is this is how it actually works? Now, um, in terms of the strategy to work around that, if so that there are a couple of situations here. If the buyer is going to put 20% down payment, which means that this is a conventional deal, it's not insured. In that case, I recommend that the buyers go in for a longer closing. And the reason for that is, let's say you had a two and a half three month closing. You bought the property today, maybe you paid more than uh, the comparables in the neighborhood. But by having a longer closing, we are giving the properties in the neighborhood the opportunity to catch up on price, and maybe we order appraisal in the nick of time, let's say just about 20 days before closing, and fingers crossed, by then hopefully there'd be enough comparables to validate the purchase price. Now that is in the case of 20% down payment. If the down payment is less than 20%, which means that this is an insured deal. So as you know, there are multiple layers of approval in that case. So as a mortgage agent, I submit the deal to my lender, and the lender then ultimately submits it to uh, to the insurer. Now, appraisals are rare in case of insured deals, but they are possible and they are increasingly being requested nowadays because of the situation that you just mentioned. Now, when it comes to an insured file, there's very little that a mortgage agent can do. Because a lot of times these appraisals are being ordered right up front by the insurer and an, an approval is only being offered once the property appraises. And if it doesn't, then the approval is for a smaller amount and the buyer needs to come up with a difference.
1: So if the bank refuses the appraisal do and the buyer does come up short, do they turn to B lenders or other lenders and is that a good idea? That is
3: uh, certainly a possibility. So, switching to a B lender, ultimately, the thing is that the property has to appraise. The only thing that could happen is from one appraiser to the other, uh, the price might change because everyone ultimately has a slightly different view of uh, looking at comparables. So, if the property is, let's say, just short by a few thousand dollars, then it may be a good idea to switch to another lender and try to see if a different appraiser uh, goes in and has a different take on the property.
2: And its value. Yeah, we Just let's look at a hypothetical situation where everything has been selling for, say, nine hundred thousand dollars in a certain area, even uh, you know throughout 2020, beginning of uh, 2021, and now all of a sudden, because of the supply crunch, we're starting to see places sell for a million one, a million two. But we've had about four yeah. or five of those sales. What does a bank look at then, and, and do you know how the appraisal would be handled in that situation? Because, sure, if we had a longer closing, we'd uh, give the market some time or the area some time to catch up, and the appraiser could go in and see some more comps. But if a home has been sold and hasn't closed, and you know, we've got four or five of these properties, the bank usually looks at the last three sales, is that enough? to increase the appraisal value, or are they still going to go back and look at December, November, October sales, which are as hot as they were, a totally different market? Of course.
3: So uh, the appraiser generally looks at the most recent sales. So there are two factors that any appraiser looks at when um, uh, pulling up comparables. First is the proximity to the property, to the subject property. So the comparables that they're looking at have to be closed Uh, to that property. And second, the most recent sales. So let's say if you had a house right next to the subject property sold in last July, that wouldn't be considered because they need to have something more recent. And that's why I said initially that perhaps a longer closing helps because if we are ordering an appraisal um, just 20 days or 15 days before closing, so we've had enough time for the properties in the neighborhood to catch up on the price.
1: So I asked Asif this earlier in the show, I'm going to ask you as well, have you seen anything like this before, and where do we go from here?
3: To be honest with you, I haven't seen anything like that before. I don't know what Asif had to say, but for <laughs> me, uh, this is the first. We've seen hot markets before. Um, you know, even 2016-17 was uh, pretty hot, but this one's completely different. The, the number of buyers I see out there and the kind of, uh, uh, you know, drive that they have. They're all driven. They want to buy the property right away. Um, And and it makes sense because I've had some buyers, let's say, who connected with me in summer of 2020. They're like, okay, you know what? This market is crazy. Let's wait it out. And they returned to me in December and they were like, that was the biggest mistake we made because the properties we were looking at in summer now are at least 15% more expensive. So, So and maybe that's causing a lot more people to get into the market right away instead of wait. Now, where we go from here is is very difficult to predict, and 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 that's been the case since the outset of COVID. But from the look of things, at least in the near future, it seems that this may continue because I don't see a reason why um, the demand is going to slow down or I uh, the rates are going to stay low. for for the next little while. So I I see this continuing, at least for the next six months, if not longer.
2: And I think it'll continue until we start to get more inventory. Now what's happened over the last year or so, I can't believe it's coming up to a year now, uh, with the COVID lockdowns, but people have been stuck at home and we have spent more time at home over the last year than we probably have in the last 15 or 20 years. And people are realizing what they need in their home and, you know, they, they're trying to get out and get something a little bit larger or something that suits their needs more, their family's needs. And that's driving demand. Now, combine that with people staying at home and not wanting people coming through their home during this period, that's created a supply crunch. So 2016 is a year that we keep comparing this market to, but it was very different, like you said, because we had a lot more sure. supply. And, you know, with Without supply, this will continue. I think the supply will start to change. We'll we'll start to get more supply on as soon as this stay-at-home order is over. We'll start to see an influx of inventory. That should calm it down a bit. Now, what are you telling uh, your clients as we close to be ready for these multiple offers? And are you drawing a line to say, don't get your emotions uh, up on this one and try to stop at this point?
3: Sure. So, there are a couple of uh, recommendations that I always offer to my clients. Uh, First, because they are going to be in a multiple offer situation, I always recommend them to get a pre-approval. So, obviously, we've run their mortgage eligibility. We've established a budget for them. But we also get a pre-approval reviewed by a lender, underwritten by a lender. In this case, the the lender has checked their credit. They have evaluated the information we sent to them. And it instills a little more confidence in the client to um, to go firm if they have to. Uh, so that's that's the first thing. But absolutely, this pre-approval uh, sets a budget for them. And I always tell them that, listen, if you go above board or if you go overboard and if you cross that budget, you'll have to come up with a difference first because you know, the bank will only give you as much as they have approved you for or pre-approved you for. Uh, so that's the first recommendation. The second, which is, increasingly becoming more important today, and I'm sure after if you have seen that as well, is having the right real estate agent by your side. Because you want someone who understands the market and who's not making you put an offer where you know that the property would not be appraised. You know, you want someone who understands as to, you know, what the comparables are like, what the market is expected to do in the next couple of months, and have strategies that they can deploy to make sure that you know, the, your buyer can successfully close that mortgage. So these couple of things are very important. Have a pre-approval and have the right mortgage, uh, real estate agent by your side.
2: Great questions, Mohit. If people want to get a hold of you to get pre-approved or have any questions about uh, pre-approvals in this day and age, how do they do that?
3: Sure. So there are a couple of ways they can reach me. I'd say uh, the best is maybe they can give me a call at 647 uh, or they can even send me an email at mortgages at
1: mohitmasan.com.
2: Thank you so much for that information and for joining us once again. We look forward to having you on another time. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: When we come back, we tackle your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for listener questions. And the first one comes from David in Thornhill. He writes, I've heard you talk about using the equity in your home. What does that mean and how do I make it work for me? Asif? David,
2: great question. So the equity in your home is what your home is valued at less what you owe on your home. So suppose you purchased your home for $450,000 about 10 years ago, and that home is now valued at about a million dollars, or a million two. You probably still owe on your mortgage if you had a conventional mortgage of 20, uh, 25% down, You probably still owe about $350,000 on your home, $330,000, say. And if your home is worth a million dollars, you're going to subtract that. So you have about $600,000 in equity. Now, the bank will lend you up to 80% of your equity. So what you want to do is you want to capitalize on using that money because that is your money. It's just tied up in your property. But you can take out a home equity line of credit, And you can go out and purchase a condo or a rental property, and now you've got that equity working for you. And by that, I mean you purchase an investment property, you rent it out, now you're making money on that investment property, and that is contributing more to your bottom line, or your portfolio, and you're able to build a portfolio from there. So what we have is we have uh, clients that do this every couple of years, and they've got three, four, five investment properties that they haven't had to put any cash into. It comes from the equity of those properties when they're purchasing the new ones, and they're able to leverage that in order to make more
1: money. Okay, a couple of follow-up questions on David's behalf. How do you determine the value of the home? Who does that for you?
2: We can go in as realtors and, and we can give you a comparative market analysis and a competitive market analysis. And, and those are two different things. One tells you where you would be at in your neighborhood as a, a, you know, with your equity and, and with your upgrades and everything that you've done to your property. And the other one is what's happening in the area right now. And that will give you an idea of how much money you've made on your property
1: and what you can or cannot take out. And now what about in terms of the line of credit? Why is that better than a loan, for example?
2: A line of credit is revolving. Sometimes you can get a line of credit at prime or just under prime, depending on who you bank with and what your arrangements are with them. And you, uh, you can pay either interest only on these, you can pay a premium and in interest. But what it allows you to do is it's revolving. So you lock it in. This is also a good way to prevent mortgage fraud because nobody can go out and take a loan against the equity in your home if you lock it in with your bank. And that allows you the flexibility that if something comes up and you have to act quickly, that money is readily available for you. A line of uh, credit is also good, a home equity line of credit. If you're doing renovations or anything like that and putting it back into your home, great way to do that. But a line of credit, if you have it set up from the start, it allows you to be very flexible and act quickly on deals that come up. Otherwise, you're waiting for the mortgage process to go through on the other property and it takes a little bit longer.
1: Okay. Our next question comes from Frances in Markham. She received a call from a random agent about having interested buyers in her home. How legitimate is this type of call? This is something
2: that every coach, every real estate coach will teach their clients to do in a market such as this, where there's very limited inventory. You know that the house is going to sell and it's going to sell very quickly. So, you know, when agents are calling, they know they can sell this property. They may or may not have buyers lined up, but they know that if they had a listing, it would sell. So this is very typical to get these calls in a market like this to say, hey, we just sold a house in your area, or we have a cash buyer waiting to purchase in this area, And it's very rare that the the people actually do have that buyer in their pocket. It's uh, it's more of a tactic to try and get more listings. And when listings are short as they are right now, we have pretty much uh, one month of supply, which means that in a month, if nothing came up, we would be out of inventory. So you're gonna get more and more of those calls. And if houses sell in your area, you're gonna have a lot of random agents calling you to tell you that there's a lot of demand for your area and they have buyers. So what would your advice
1: for Francis be?
2: If you have an agent that you trust and you like to work with, give them a call and, uh, and see what's actually going on there and what the actual homes have sold for in the area and how much demand there is. They'll be able to guide you and set you up properly for a potential sale.
1: You are the expert indeed. All the answers to all the questions. Asif, if our <laughs> listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that?
2: You know they can always call me at 416 985
1: con That's 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.